0: Once again to the Get Real Podcast. I am non-pastor Dan, and this is
1: depastorized, unpastor, <laughs> totally not a pastor, <laughs> repentant of
0: being a pastor. Hey, we don't have anything against pastors. Well, some of them I really do. Mm-hmm. Okay, but <laughs> the, we don't have anything against. I guess no. Some of it I do. Some. I guess the, yeah. Yeah. You help do. me, Glenn. Well, I'm lost. You know, this is interesting that you
1: say that because. As so I was taking a little walk the other day, I'm thinking about writing a new article for the Lithos Cry blog entitled, Why I Repented of Being a Pastor. Now that sounds kind of irreligious, doesn't it? It really does. Glenn. It does. In fact, I'm going to distance
0: myself just a there little you bit
1: go. in case of lightning. Well, here's, here's the basis behind it, is that when I was first saved, I started learning things about God and got really excited about it. It's like, wow, I'm really understanding the things of God. I get this, and there were some giftings and talents that some other individual saw and wanted to develop, and I went to seminary, and I thought, well, gee, because I have all of these giftings and talents in my own doing, I must be called to be a pastor. Well, just because you're hearing from God and starting to follow God and, you know, God starts using you does not necessarily mean that you've been called to be a pastor. Hmm. Yeah. And I had to learn that the hard way. And I'm very happy where I'm at now because being a pastor, that's a lot of responsibility. A lot of responsibility. It's not just doing a cool podcast like we do. Not just going to cool metal shows like we do. Somebody's got to do it, brother. But somebody's got to do it, and I think we're the ones to fit the calling for it. Speaking of cool metal shows and everything, heavy metal, you know what month it is, Dan? It's Rocktober. It's Rocktober, and we are going to talk about rock, and we're going to talk about reformation, and we're going to talk about revival, We're going to talk about resistance and
0: everything that's going on right now. You know, to go back just a tad, you know what I like about not being a pastor right now is that I can just be blatantly honest, which you would think a pastor would be blatantly honest. They do, but they have to limit a lot. Some of that for good reason. Some Some of of it has to do with the art of leadership, yes. Art of leadership, but some of it just in what it has become, at least in the West. I don't know about you guys in Europe, but over here, if you say something that offends a certain person, and they're the ones that give, and they're the ones that do this, it can blow up on you, okay? If you just say something, I want to be able to say whatever I feel from the depth of my heart, and I feel like you and I, before the Lord, have more of a gifting to do that. You know, everybody else, like I say, they get their frock in a wad if you even bring up some difficult question, Yes, and there have been times we've got gotten in trouble
2: yes uh, quite,
1: quite a few times we've gotten in trouble but that's okay because that's just the way the world works well
0: yeah and and that's the way that it goes
1: but boy there is it, it. is
0: October, and you said a word that gets me very excited reformation reformation martin luther martin luther Protestant reformation
1: exactly october of 1517 october yes.
0: 31st 1517, the 95 Theses. Last year, I couldn't get enough. I read Martin Luther's works. I read The Bondage of the Will. I read uh, Here I Stand. I just absorbed everything I could about Martin Luther. One of the most fascinating uh, personalities, chosen people in Christendom. Right? And in history, I don't think there would be a United States of America. You know what's wild about it, Glenn? That was like 501 years ago, this October 31st, when the the, uh, 95 theses were were nailed to the door.
1: Exactly. And
0: you know what? 500
1: years. 500 years, and that totally changed Christianity, totally changed Western civilization. Absolutely. People really don't realize the effect that that had because up until then, only a few people were allowed to read the Bible. Only a few
0: people could actually read before then. Well, the advent of the printing press. The printing press. Lot, That happened, what, probably in 1490, 1480, it something was, like that, the not, Wittenberg. Yeah, it was just before. Just before. The timing was perfect. Which mirrors right now with the full-fledged advent of Internet communication. Like, you know, even in the 90s, we had the Internet, electronic mail and all that. Now we have it full video capacity. You can make high-quality media. You can put it out all over the world. And that censorship, you can tell things are stirring. Yes, they are. Because people are trying to censor. Oh, yeah. Well, even what we're talking about right now in communist China... They wouldn't want to hear what we're getting ready no, to say. No, no, it would be illegal. Why? Because it's going to have an effect on the way people think and behave, and what they believe. And the state can't control you if you think too much independently. In the Holy Ghost, and gets the, the of you. mental shackles start to drop. Indeed. And we're going to talk Indeed. about that. But here's the thing that I like about Martin Luther: is that dude was metal. Oh, I'm. I can prove it to you. <laughs> okay, prove it. Okay, prove it. I can prove it in his biography. Uh huh. Okay. It said that he was right here. You want to translate from 500 years ago? Let's go 500 years ago. You ready? Okay. Mm -hmm. He was proficient on the lute. Boom! You know what that translates into from 500 years ago? That means he melts faces. The got, guy was just killing. The he loot. was killing. He's it. wearing. I'd like to see a metal band like they dress up in like a monk's outfit and then they're just melting people's faces off. Dude, solo. <laughs> and he can do it. I mean, when you're proficient with the loot, you know. Hey, tell me about your new boyfriend, Carol. Well, he, you know, he's kind of short, starting to bald a little bit. He's got chronic flatulence, but he's. He, he's proficient on the, on the loot. loot, and then sex appeals. Woo! Boom!
2: Just boom Heard away.
0: That. Totally Renaissance Europe, and there's even more that was metal about Luther
1: that we don't realize. Tell us, Glennard Skinner, Luther brewed his own beef. <laughs> oh, <man>. <laughs> <laughs> now I know that some of our Baptist friends. In the United States, are probably like, oh, my stars, Martin (laughs) Luther drank, he brewed
0: beer. Uh, Pretty much all the church fathers imbibed. Uh, They did,
1: and here's why. Well, even if you and I hopped on an airplane right now and went to Germany, and we visited a high school in Germany, high school students in Germany are allowed two beers at lunch in school. And here in colleges and universities in the United
0: States, you get caught with beer in the dorms, it's cause for expulsion. I thought... You'd get expelled if you didn't have beer in the door. <laughs> yeah. I guess it depends on which school. Yeah, he brewed He brewed oh, yeah, his yeah. own beer. Not everybody went to a, um, let's say, a stringent military school academy with school with as, as a couple of people regulations that I've uh, heard of. Okay.
1: Exactly. Here's something else about Luther is that he, how do I put this? Um, he had some stomach issues. <laughs> The beer. The beer. It's probably the way he brewed the beer in the Luther Brewery. All right. But he had a a problem with, okay, let's get real. He farted a lot. Oh, my goodness. The F word. Oh, my word. There go the Baptist friends. And here's some quotes from Martin Luther. Uh, Here's one quote in particular. This was taken from Martin Luther Table Talk, page 461. He said this. Almost every night when I wake up, the devil is there and wants to dispute with me. I have come to this conclusion. When the argument that the Christian is without the law and above the law doesn't help, I instantly chase him away with a fart.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Here's one of my quotes that I really enjoy from Luther. Okay. okay. All right. And this will kind of redefine, maybe you could say lazy man's ministry to, to, to be irreverent. Okay. In short, I will preach it, teach it, write it, but I will constrain no one by force. For faith must come freely without compulsion. Take myself as an example. I opposed indulgences and in all that the papists, but never with force. I simply taught, preached, and wrote God's word. Otherwise I did nothing, and while I slept or drank Wittenberg beer with my friends <laughs> Philip and Amsdorf, the word did everything the word did everything we can sit back and drink beer even though you're allergic to I'm it allergic and to it. it'll give everybody flatulence and gluten is not good for me it's or my not, family no, so it's not good shoot for you. Not i guess good i'll sit here though. and drink what are we drinking this Sanka? is
1: very no this is very strong uh this is remsen brewed oh coffee. okay yeah. we're drinking remsen remsen brewed coffee. coffee so so much for
0: beer so there you go baptist that. stay with us
1: but the thing about luther is we, we have to get real about it here is that he was a guy just like you and i He had certain idiosyncrasies that some people might find to be offensive. But nevertheless, God used him in something that has got us to where we are today. Because when you take a look at history uh, and what was going on at the time that he uh, published the 95 Theses, is that very few people were were allowed to read the Bible. Uh, The teaching at the time was that the way to have your sins forgiven was to pay money to the church called indulgences, that you had to go to a priest to mediate your relationship with the Lord. And Luther was like, no, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute here, is that it's by scripture alone and that salvation is by grace and faith alone. And, and Luther, his conscience was always at war over doing good works and doing bad works and how many good works do I need to do to outweigh the bad works that I've done. He was tormented by how the question of how do I get into heaven? tormented by it and that's what led him to led him to the scriptures and yeah he was proficient on the lute. he wrote songs he he a mighty fortress is our god i still love that song oh yeah it, it's a great it's song true. and here's something else that i just found very interesting here's here's a legend about martin luther uh, is that he was inspired to launch the protestant reformation while seated comfortably on the chamber pot <laughs>
0: This, this Okay, here it is hey, right, right here. Okay, honestly, Glenn. Uh huh. When you're on the throne, occasionally you have some of the best thoughts of your life. Where How you much? Think- okay, okay, okay. The truth time. Truth time. <laughs> I'm holding Uh-oh. in my formerly um, nicotinous stained fingers. <laughs> here we right, go. I'm holding um, a certain uh, book here, Stones That Cry, God's Precious Metal. Mm-hmm. Glenn, I'm going to put you on the spot in okay. front of the world. Here we okay. go. Okay. People ready. across Europe, in the United States, the Americas, right? How much of this was written upon the porcelain throne, upon the, upon the <laughs> um, Really, my inspiration does not come when I am on the chamber. Okay, okay. okay. Denial. Now, anyway, I am holding in my hands, just do a brief rabbit trail. You know how we balance each other? Yes. Because you have this excellent linear ability, and I am ADD as all get out. So we're yin and yang. We and are. we keep... Try to keep it interesting. Anyway, I'm holding in my hands a, a beautiful new book that I have been reading. And it's, uh, it's amazing. And it's definitely written by you. Um, there's a point here where Glenn checks out my forehead in the bathroom mirror to ensure there was no mark of the beast. Um, that's interesting. And that is true. And, and that is true. There's a lot of fascinating things in here. If you like hearing all that Glenn has to say, this is about how God used heavy metal. And a lot of musicians that do not know the Lord in the way that Glenn and I would be talking about knowing God. But even in that, God used them as vessels to be able to touch. Tell us a little bit about the thrust of your book, what drew you to writing it, and so forth. Sure, We pitched it before, but I've really enjoyed it. It's written with an accessibility that's like, it welcomes you in, it draws you in, but you can tell oh, a, Dan, a total moron really. didn't write it, right? Exactly, that's uh, <laughs> that, that, that's what
1: I was waiting for. Really what, what inspired it, or what, sparked it was that there are certain metal musicians certain metal bands and that happened on the toilet no okay, I, no, I, no, no. I no okay no. no there were certain metal bands certain certain musicians that when i was going through a time of both physical and mental pain their music ministered to me and yes things that are not liturgical can minister to people and they can affect people's lives and some of these bands and some of these musicians had such an impact on my life, it actually aided in the healing process. And, and that's why I'm here. And one of the main reasons why the book was written was to reach out to them and say, Hey, you did a good thing. You don't know me. You probably don't want to know me, <laughs> but uh, you don't know me and you did something for me. And thank you for what you, for what you
0: did. Well, there were vessels, there even, were vessels. even unknowingly. The whole rocks crying out phenomenon. The scripture says, it says what? That if certain times, if his people that know him don't cry out, don't worship, don't say these things, don't utter the truths, sacred truths, God will take rocks, inanimate in the sense of spirituality, and that they would be used to actually promote things that could bring healing and ministry to other people.
1: And I think this really goes beyond just Glenn. And that's kind of the thrust of this book is that not just for the musician, but for the church as a whole, and even for those who enjoy metal and those who do not yet know the Lord. I believe, I'm going to use the word, we are at the beginning of and we're starting to see a new Reformation. Exciting. Brand new Reformation. It's going to be similar to the old Reformation of 1517, but different. And different in this is that the voice is going to be geared towards this generation. You and I in the past, 17, 18 years ago, talked about a new reformation. I believe the Lord prophetically laid dead on our hearts to Mm -hmm. to talk about that. And we had TV shows. That's how the Get Real show started. Mm -hmm. We had a journal called The Voice of the New Reformation. Mm -hmm. And I think the voice of the new reformation is the voice of people such as, should I say, David Draymond from Disturbed. Should I say Jacoby Shaddix from Papa Roach? Should I dare say Sharon Denadel from Within Temptation? That is your voice of your new reformation. There's a lot going on in music right now.
0: A lot. Well... For a moment, let's go back because not everybody is as versed as we are with the history of what happened and what is a reformation, a mm-hmm. reforming. Mm-hmm. So back in Martin Luther's day, you're talking Renaissance age. Um, the the Vatican basically controlled most of Europe. It was Catholicism that ruled pretty much supreme. Technically, it was medieval. It was still part of the dark ages. It was part of the dark okay? ages, yes. And people were, compared to now, were very superstitious. Everything, you know, there were, there were elves that lived in the woods. There were creatures that would steal your eggs, that would do all this stuff. That's how his mother was. He was talking about that, or they were talking about it in the biography. Um, it, there was, he was knocked off his horse, supposedly, by, by a bolt lightning. of lightning in, mm-hmm. in July, coming back, I believe, to his uh, father's home while he was in college. And then he, was, he fell off his horse, and he said, Oh, uh, help me, Saint Anne, I shall become a monk. Okay, so he cries out to what he knew was this saint um, and he wanted to devote himself um, to the monastery okay, and become this, this monk in order because he felt like God was calling him out and God had mercy upon him and he didn't die. When he gave himself and devoted himself to everything he was being taught, he was very literal in his approach. If they told him, this is the way you do it, he would do it with all his heart. Yes. And part of that, I think, was his personality. And the other part, I really believe, was the moving of the Holy Spirit upon him where other um, monks in training would go in and they'd be like, I coveted brother so-and-so's yeast roll. Um, I took an extra ration of beer. Shame on me. And they didn't really get into it. He was, I mean, staying in there for hours. He'd get in the confessional booth and they'd be like, come on, just give us a break. So he had this sobriety about him, this intensity, this discomfort, this willingness, this heavy metal-ish. That's I, I think it's heavy metal slash punk. Punk is like the... Little brother, that's way worse at math and more emotional right. than heavy metal. Okay, I'd, I'd agree. But, but I still frame it as passionate music that goes beyond the normal limited psyche of avoidance or whatever. Not trying to spiritualize. You got to understand, we love metal. Metal's been really um, important in Glenn's life. It's not that it's just about metal, but God is using metal and He's using other passionate, true musicians, and He's moving upon them with theology, and they don't even know. They don't even they know. Don't know, it. know it. Or maybe they do. Some of them some, do. Some, some of, of them I'm do. Roy, Roy is Khan Roy born again. Yes. I mean, there's a lot of different people that are moving. Well, anyway, so back in that Renaissance age, he takes all this stuff very seriously. The confession, the prayers. He was freaking out before he was to give his, um, what do you call it, like his his ceremony when he was being inducted officially into the monastery. He's freaking out on every word of this sacred pledge and can barely get through it. And then when he finally, I think it was a major point in his life, when he actually went to Rome, and you know probably more about that than I do, when he saw the corruption, the indulgences, the just the priests not really caring about what they were doing—they were supposed to be in there um, praying prayers for the dead—and they're joking around and, and mocking the process—he couldn't believe it, mm-hmm. and he realized this is this is just—I um, don't know—talk talk about that if you would.
1: Martin Luther was highly disturbed by. The world around him and what was going on. Uh, he even said concerning the indulgences that were supposed to go to Saint Saint Peter's Basilica to be rebuilt and restored at the time. He wrote in his ninety-five theses, "Why in the world is the pope taking money from everybody else when he's got all the money in the world to do this? Why does he need this? Why does he need this money?" That really disturbed him. And what we're looking at is a different time than what we have right now. Where politics and religion were very much intertwined with each other very they, they were inseparable. that's why in the United States right now we have separation of church and church and state. so when he wrote the ninety five theses, it's interesting he didn't I know that it's portrayed in a lot of movies as this big, bold you know statement of thou shalt not and this and this but actually from what I understand and I
0: like that I I do it's it's great theatrics it's the Walker Texas Ranger (laughs) and it's good he's going to come in and save the day and go like or it's the punk rock thing you know he's going to go like yeah take this Pope whatever and nail it up there but I I understand his tone in the
1: 95 Theses was very humble and actually quite academic yes and when he circulated the 95 theses there's some debate whether or not he actually nailed them to the door or it was his students that did it that the students the younger people picked up on it's like hey this this guy's right um there's some debate about that but his goal was not to start a protestant church it was to reform he thought the existing system
0: was just quite fine what well, there were some problems that need to be fixed well, when i've read about it 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 looked to me like it was almost an invitation to other intellectuals that um that wanted to talk about the finer points of theology they could get to, it was it was like that it was cerebral it was like let's talk about doctrine this stuff is wrong i know there was a passion there but i think in the way that it was demonstrated was not it wasn't like like you say, I think some of the, the theological moshers, man, his students got a hold of it. I think the that's printing what press was like really cool then. That was the internet of the day. Mm-hmm. And people, the, the, the suits didn't know exactly how they were going to control that. No. It was a new dynamic. You know, so not many people could read the Latin, and they have uh, ominous, blah, 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 and they did all that. Now they were making these tracks and making these things and writing the theses, and they were spreading all over Europe. Okay, but I think that was my interpretation as well: is that when it was actually nailed to the door, it was an invitation to these theologians. Let's For get together debate. and Let's debate talk about this, this stuff. Yeah, it was not. This big declaration. So where are we at today? And what when, when you go to the Rome of today, the Renaissance Rome, where are we at right now? You look at the church in general, internationally, where is it at? And why is it in need of a, a new reformation? What's up with that? Let's look at metal first. Okay.
1: Let's look what's coming out in heavy metal. First thing, let's take a look at the new Disturbed song, Are You Ready? I know that you probably haven't listened to it yet. It just, it just came out. But that whole song is about throwing off the mental shackles, having revelation, and moving forward in strength and in power. Very interesting statements. Within Temptation, I speak of them extensively in the book. I've been watching them for years. They've started, they really fascinated me with the song Our Solemn Hour, which in Latin they have a verse that speaks of the Holy Spirit. Interesting. Very interesting. And there was always a spiritual twist to a lot of their songs. But they've come out now. They've taken some time off. And they've come back with a new um, new album. It's Resist. And the title of the first song is The Reckoning that has just come out. And on it is collaborated with Sharon Denadel is, is Jacoby Shattuck from Papa Roach, who I just discovered in 2014, publicly proclaimed that he's been saved. Wow. Which is amazing. So, but the whole Within Temptation twist is when they started marketing this album, they kind of switched things around from Within Temptation to Resist Temptation. And when you listen to the song, The Reckoning, it talks about rising up against these things that are evil, the evil army in the world that's enslaving people, that's... that's set their fate in stone, set their faith in stone. And as you go through the song, you hear Sharon start to sing about in the midst of all the darkness, in the midst of everything that's going on, I see your face. Interesting, because I've read a lot of the discussions on this song and everybody's like, well, I like the old Within Temptation better, the darker doom metal. I don't like Sharon's bangs in the video. Okay, all that, all that is fine. But I want to talk to you about what's in the song. And then even with Jacoby Shaddix, they had a song uh, that came out back in February, "Born for Greatness," Papa Roach. Totally different sound to it. I did not know at the time that Jacoby had publicly declared that he's accepted the Lord, but I could tell in the song, "I'm like this has got kind of a prophetic ring to it." You know, let's rise up. We were born for greatness. We're born for this hour. It's like, okay, where are we going with this? This sounds prophetic because the world right now, I don't care what side of any political spectrum you're on, the world is messed up. Yeah. It's just that way. The church, in a lot of ways, the church as a whole, not all churches, but mo- it's messed up. There's true doctrine to hear the simple word that salvation is by grace through faith alone, that you're. Walk with the Lord is something personal between you and the Lord. That He can speak to you, that He can use you, that you don't need somebody else controlling you to tell you what to do. And even looking at the songs that have come forth from Epica, I know you enjoy it. And you enjoy a lot of that, the divine conspiracy, that whole album is about man's control of other men through religion and how that needs to be thrown off.
0: Well, I know that, just to clarify, and we do this a lot, because I don't want people to get the wrong idea that we're thinking that, whoa, heavy metal is this exclusive way that God moves on the earth. It's not that at all. You have a personal testimony of what it's done with you, but it's the psyche behind it. And we've explained this over and over again. The difference between mainstream country. I like some country. I actually write some country music. I don't mind it. Some of the older country, it's kind of known as white man's blues. Mm -hmm. And there were things that would resonate with humanity. A lot of what you hear right now is totally basic. Okay, you turn it on and they're going to mention Bud Light and Walmart and this, superficial topics. It's basically music, just man, let's get your beer buzz on and forget about life for a while. Mm -hmm. And it's not profound wrestling with these dynamics that all of us as human beings do. Nerds, we like metal, okay? And there's things totally. in us that move us deeply that people would look at you and go, Hey man, quit being a buzzkill. We In, in gothic metal, symphonic mm-hmm. metal, the whole even concept psychologically of goth, of people almost having a death obsession and then relishing every ounce of life, every wrinkle of life, every bit of passion of life, knowing that the clock is running. Okay, there's an intersection there with some of the theology that we're talking about, the children of, of, of light and, or, and the children of darkness and, and the, the wisdom that is in the world where people are like, man, the clock is running. Yes. What's really worth it is love, mm-hmm. devotion, and though they might plunge themselves in what many would recognize to be immorality, libertine sexuality, drug usage, anything, okay, God doesn't say, "Oh, you know," like God's not this um, Bible thumping thing that discounts humility because humanity, because we go in these different areas to try to lose ourselves. He knows that the earth is covered with misery. He knows that you're miserable, that that people everywhere are suffering. They're miserable on the inside and outside. They try to self-medicate. They try to self-medicate by doing evil to other people. They've been done evil to. They're trying to pay back and figure it all out. So the understanding that God will use heavy metal, he'll take these people and more and more of them out of nowhere are starting to really get a new life where they went from disbelief, some from mockery and blasphemy, Into a new life in Christ, which is amazing. And if you don't know this, our thing is not to sit here and convince you of something that doesn't work. Uh Our thing is not trying to do. Our thing is simply that if you'll arrive at an openness of going like, whoa, what if there is a God that created everything? What if he does is of love? And how do I mesh that with all of these evil and painful things that are going on around them? That's fascinating. I love it when you bring up all those different testimonies of these people responding. And here's something. I want to go back to the new reformation. I want to go into what our calling
1: is. Our calling as you and me as Dan and Glenn are not is not to bring about a new reformation. It's just to tell everybody what's going on. I'm just going to tell you what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing. We get to sit sit back and drink Wittenberg beer. Yeah, we're kind of like the sports commentators watching a baseball game or a football game. Where there's two Muppets up in the... uh... (laughs) The Two old guys up in the balcony. I I hope not. I I, I hope not. (laughs) Bring back the bear. But we're just... Here's what I look for. And here's how I operate. And it took me a long time to figure out what my gifting was. Because I teach. That's something I do. That's a gifting that the Lord put in me. But also the Lord has shown me that he's given me the gift of discernment to be a watchman, to sit on the wall and to state, hey, this is what's going on. And I can use the teaching aspect to be like, OK, well, this is how how this is all intertwined. So let me tie this into the new reformation. And when we started talking about the new reformation in 1996, 97, was it? Wow. Dan? Yeah. OK. And even you and I have said, even during that time we went through our dry spell. Wow, that was cool. Uh, and we thought that was all to prepare people for nine eleven because we were talking about that before the big nine eleven events here in the United States, the, the massive tragedy that we had, which was a shaking to this entire actually oh, a shaking were to the world.
0: Bibles off the shelf totally, right after that happened. totally.
1: And we thought, okay, well, maybe that was our time and season. But I take a look back at when you take a look at what these bands now that are teetering on the edge of biblical truth and maybe have crossed over totally into biblical truth i don't know where everybody's heart is i don't know i just know what i hear coming from them whether they consciously know that god's moving on them or purposely they're doing i don't know but the time frame you take a look at when within temptation came onto the scene Bands like Camelot came onto the scene. All these bands that God seems to have his hand on was 1996, 1997. Interesting. The time that we were talking about a new Reformation occurring, and I really believe that God had to take us out of the church scene for a long time to deal with us because when we were talking about it, it was in the context of what we knew exactly of our okay well this is the way that god is going to do and it and we were
0: very boxed in in hindsight we uh, were it was a shoebox yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, a was, it, it was it was it was a huge huge
1: shoebox so i believe that because the church has been silent it's even some of your most fired up churches that we have in western culture i would consider silent and i'm not saying that to shame anybody or to point a finger Is that a lot of times when you go into a worship service, it's kind of like, okay, we're here and we're doing our thing. Imagine what a worship service would be like if it had the same passion as a Devin Townsend performance. Yeah. I think that's kind of where God wants to go with it. Yeah. And and that's everything in scripture that points to the worship of God, the high praises. I don't think we, we we would be able to withstand the high praises. I don't think anybody's ever hit that on
0: this earth. Well, I, I think you could kind of liken it to... If you and I were to review a bunch of music, let's say metal, okay, mm-hmm. and we listen to this, and the ones that we didn't like, let's say we discard 80%, it would usually be because they're kind of just preaching to the crowd they're trying to be popular which i understand that if you're trying to make it in in the industry and you got to have people like you and they got to buy your tickets and your t-shirts i get the business side of it but there's got to be a genuine person a genuine group that is trying to release something of the muse Right. right, Or else to you and I, it's really not going to be interesting. And maybe 80% were like, yawn, next. No matter how dynamic they try to come forth or look forceful or look passionate, if it's disingenuous, we're not going to like it. Because that's the thing that we like is the heart cry. Exactly. Okay? And it's kind of like that with a lot of churches. A lot of churches have, they have the big buildings, they have the ministry this, they have all this stuff going on, they're feeding the hungry, they're doing all these wonderful things, end quote. But the actual heart cry of God and the actual understanding of real doctrine, okay? It's the difference, like we've talked about music that's more like uh, Margaritaville music. Just helps you right. sedate yourself and escape for a little while, and it's okay. There's and it's a okay. Time and place. For it's that. okay, but it's not the heartbeat of the matter. It's not. No. It doesn't. It helps you cope. Okay, it's about it. It's like a therapist, and they write you a few prescriptions, and it, they're not solving your problems. No, they're not getting to the root cause of why your marriage is messed up. They're just getting you somewhere to give you a feel good pill so you can make it through. Well, a lot of church is has turned into what I would consider to be a sensual coping mechanism. They give you enough to be, oh, we love you. Everything's going to work out for you. You have a, a, a social aspect, a camaraderie, a soothing, and it's basically just assuming some sort of psychological avoiding pain and pursuing pleasure, but you're doing that now with the blessing of Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Rather than sitting there and getting in touch with the real life and death, heaven, hell, um, answers that that drive a more intense person to be able to look at right. It becomes mainstream country, right, or mainstream just whatever. Just I don't want to dog a lot of groups, but no, I'm not a big, right. There's a time. I'm not a Nickelback fan or a Creed fan. Right. You understand, right? And right. the average church reminds me. I'm sorry, reminds me of Creed, yeah, or Nickelback. It's got got this substance, this, yeah, we're the church, man. I'm in my tight pants and choreographing all this nonsense, and I don't hear anything of the heart. I don't hear anything of passion. I don't hear anything that would be like David crying in, in mire because he screwed his life up so badly, but he encounters the very voice of God. Right. I honestly believe, just gauging
1: the temperature of everything that's going on, socially, politically, economically, uh, spiritually, that we are getting very close to the end of the Age of Grace. We're even closer now than we were 18, 17 years ago when we started talking about a new reformation. And the whole purpose behind the new reformation that God is stirring is so that souls can be saved. That's really the bottom line. He wants relationship. He does. And that's what it is. Eternity is what is at stake in all of this. And... More and more of your metal now That we listen to Is eternally focused Very Powerful point It's eternally focused um, Camelot's album Haven I could listen to that thing All day long Because it's eternally focused uh, their, their latest album um, The Shadow Theory I've got the poster for it up on the wall here Signed by each member of Camelot um, very eternally focused, if you listen very, very carefully. Where are they exactly? I don't know. Not for me to make that judgment call on that. But boy, I sure do hope I see every one of them
0: Wow! on the other side. Well, here's one thing that is really exciting, and one thing, listeners, we love you guys and gals. And the thing about knowing God, it's kind of like this. People think, and we used to joke around that if you were all of a sudden... Going to know God, you were gonna have some wonderful sensual experience. You were gonna have nice. this, whoa, liquid love just rained down on me, and I, I had this trippy feeling for a week and a half. It's not like that. There's a certain part of the scripture in Exodus where it talks about when Moses was encountering God and God was warning. He's like, Nobody can look directly at me. God's unapproachable, He's brilliant. According to the scripture, you don't have to necessarily be all about the scripture right now just listen to what I'm saying you don't have to be convinced but it talks about his inability to approach God in his current estate and he couldn't even look at God directly or he would die okay the way that you kind of meet God when Glenn brings up whoa this person met God this person the way to truly meet God can be a bit excruciating it can be difficult. And it has to You be brought to your lowest low. Have everything taken away from you. Absolutely it can be horrible. And then the big, the big enchilada is when you actually have to grip your criminality before the law. And a lot of people that they don't want to deal with that. And you sit there and you're like, "What are you even talking about?" When it comes to a lot of times finding and having an experience with God, you feel this loving draw, while at the same time you feel this guilty exposure. Yes. And it has to do with the Ten Commandments. And I won't go too far on that. But if you want to know just like what we're talking about, when Glenn hears the heart cry of these different musicians, and they're singing their heart, and it approaches eternity. It has a concern of death. It's concerned with the afterlife. And it has to deal with the evil that is within each one of us and how to how to fix that. Yeah. And and even without even knowing what they're doing, they're being drawn unto God, and a lot of times that will have to do with the Ten Commandments. So if you really want to go like, I wonder if God's out there. I wonder if I can meet God. Can I hear the voice of God? Ten Commandments are an excellent place to start. That is
1: a really good place to start. And God gave us the Ten Commandments knowing that we'd not ever be able to uphold any one of them. Exactly. Now, <clears throat> that doesn't give Dan and I license to go out and break every one of them tonight. That's why I took your
0: watch, your wallet earlier. <laughs> hey,
1: wait a minute. It is. It is <laughs> whoa, wait a minute. It is missing. What we're going to do is uh, we're going to take a quick break. And But before we come back, talking about metal, I want people to understand that what we're talking about here and God moving in metal is not just something that's happening here in the United States.
0: Absolutely. It's not
1: just Dan and Glenn south of the Mason-Dixon line in, in the state of South Carolina. In the Bible Belt, coming up with this stuff. I want to play for you a song. We got permission to do this. Great band out of Italy. Oh, yeah. S91. I've been in contact with Jack, the bass player, Jack Manfredi. He's the bass player, and the song that we're going to play for you is their song, Martin Luther. And the thing that I like about this song is that it covers both aspects of the Protestant Reformation, about how the blood covers all, and how we were blind, and how Martin Luther helped us to see that, hey, it's the scripture alone. We don't need to pay money to have our sins forgiven. But then it goes into the peasant war, that kind of sprung out of the Protestant Reformation, which to a lot of people is probably confusing. And it was, it's still kind of confusing to me because you have this great move of God out of this humility. And then all of a sudden there's violence and there's bloodshed. And that's kind of confusing. But Dan, you put it so simply this way, is that we're all messed up. The world is a messed up place. And if you go back in scripture, and I even had to ask, my pastor, I do have a pastor that, that, that I hang out with and, and go to his church, and I'm very appreciative of his ministry. He helped put, shed some light on for me when we were talking about this topic, is that you have to take a look at Peter when he chopped off the ear of the Roman soldier. He resorted to violence, and Jesus had to say, whoa, whoa, Peter, slow down. Hmm. That's not the way we're doing this. Hmm. We're not going to go about this the violent way. The gospel is of love. It's of loving somebody else and sharing that love with them so that they can be saved and go to heaven. It's got nothing to do with violence and war and, and fighting. And unfortunately, in our human nature, we get all fired up. Well, I know the truth and I've got the truth or I'm this particular person. And we start fighting each other.
0: Well, think about Peter and the misunderstanding that the Vatican and the, the medieval Catholic Church had about Peter And when they started using, what, evangelism by sword... They thought that by force, by compulsion, you're gonna advance the kingdom of God by going like, say it, or you know, we're gonna burn you at the stake, or right. retract, or recant. Making someone do that is like what we were talking about with Steve. And we're talking about the grace of God and having it accepted and the, the desire to have the Holy Spirit move upon and convince. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm excited about, our unpastor, non pastor yeah. sort of whatever we're doing here, is that in our weakness, in our limit. Limits and our mistakes and our stupidity and our um all of our mess, we can sit there and go like, You know what's exciting? God can reach you and touch you exactly where you're at, you yeah. know He can move upon you and oh, you don't know my pain, you don't know my circumstances, you don't know how I was abused and and or how I was on the ledge of suicide, I was on all these different things. And God's spirit can weave something. And that's our prayer and our desire for you, that you get in that position, that that clicks, that you realize that you're not alone, that you are being pursued, but it may not feel sensual. No. It probably won't. And it's not going to be as easy as somebody holding um, a a knife to your throat saying, you better accept this. That would be easier sometimes. It would be. It sounds weird if somebody made you do it. It would be. And
1: that's here's the thrust of the new reformation that we're looking at right now. Dan and I are not here to convince you of anything. It's your choice. You have the free will to believe or not believe. And if you choose not to believe, that's that's your choice. We can't force you. We're not going to try to hoodwink you or manipulate you into what I would call a witchcraft salvation of, well, say these words, say these magic words, oh, Jesus, enter my heart. Okay? Right. It's never really that simple. Uh, the gospel is simple but it, anybody can say words it has to do with what's what's in the heart what what do you believe do you believe and that's the essence of the new reformation is that you have the option to choose to believe or not believe but simply Dan and I are just presenting to you well here's what the bible says this is what the spirit is showing us the choice is yours
0: that's exciting it's exciting because it we can get out of the way, and that's one of the advan- advantages I believe you and I have of not being officially in ministry, mm-hmm. not having to say everything appropriate and watch what we say or whatever. We can put it out there and say, like, look, a lot of churches the message is you can prosper god will make you make you rich he'll make you this he'll make you that they get away from the grace of god they get away from the understanding of the law they get away from the understanding of divine justice mm-hmm. they get away from understanding the beauty of conversion and how you can be made brand new by God himself without having to, because it really is. You almost have to go through them and pay an indulgence. Yes. It's very parallel to medieval Vatican. There is nothing um, new under the sun.
1: Uh, it came it's, back again. It came back again. It's, it's here again. And God wants to transcend that so people really can be touched by him.
0: Well, tell me again about this group. And I do have a question about them yes. because I really want to know, I need to know, are they proficient on the loot?
1: I'll give I'll, I'll shoot Jack a message and, and ask him. And Jack, if you're listening to this, please message us. Are you proficient on the loop? Let me tell you about this band. And I really like them. They're a progress, they, they they make no bones about it. They say that they're a progressive Christian metal band. Okay. So I love metal and I love
0: progressive. Oh, man. Don't get me started rock. on Devin T- Townsend don't again. Don't, don't get me started there.
1: <laughs>
2: uh,
1: they're from Tuscany, Italy. Uh, they were founded in 2006. Their major influence, guess who? delane really yeah That's highly cool. influenced by delane and another band that i absolutely love they're they're a christian metal band out of italy as well sleeping romance i absolutely love sleeping romance great Ooh, italy. great band italy god's moving there let's take a listen to this song martin luther by s91
2: a power of oh, all oh, the nature How can a man change his destiny? His strife is pointless What are these fools and these thieves going to buy your say? They are feeling alive Don't they know the blood redeemed everything? No man could ever replace Tourists we had in front of us, but we were blind On top of the star we and the so teeth You couldn't hear I'm seeing And my strength
1: wasn't it? And that's from Italy. That's not from the
0: southern Bible belt in the United States. Well, just the clarity and the understanding of of, it's a spiritual war. Yes. And when you actually make a stand like Martin Luther did, things go crazy and things happen.
1: And Martin Luther did not expect everything that happened to happen when he published the 95 Theses. He did not expect the Peasants War, and that actually troubled him when bloodshed started. And he responded to it out of his flesh as well. saying, okay, quash this. Get This is not what's supposed to be happening. Totally the wrong response to it. But I kind of understand it. And I think that's why the Bible says, remember, we wrestle not against flesh and blood,
0: but against principalities and, and powers. Well, there again, historically, it's probably easy for us in hindsight from the comfort of the fishbowl here to look back. Back then, you said something out of line. They'd get you. They would. They'd, uh, at the very least, imprison you or cut you off or excommunicate you. It was the equivalent of you and your family are going to go to hell if you get out of line at all. So it was very oppressive. So to think that the the lower level elements of society would clash against that seems like somewhat a natural response. And, you know, the enemy loves bloodshed anytime he well, can get in there. The other
1: thing, too, is any time that you withhold truth from people... Mm. Just imagine if there is a cure for cancer, and all of a sudden the population of the world found out that somebody's been hiding the cure for cancer.
0: Some say that's the case.
1: And some say that's the case. There would be outrage. There would be violence. Anytime you withhold truth or something beneficial to mankind and keep them oppressed, Hmm. that's what the fruit of that is, is you get violence.
0: And what was revealed is that it was grace. It was the lack of compulsion. It was the freedom to be able to choose and respond to the gentle wooing of the Holy Spirit. It was the antithesis of everything that was being expressed by Rome and evangelism by sword and and all this. Well, the production and the music was excellent. The music is phenomenal.
1: I love S91. Here's what's exciting is the last communication I had with Jack, who actually wrote that song, is they're in the studio right now wrapping up their next album. And he said that he'd be open to a get real interview. Excellent. And Love we to can do talk it. about the new album coming out. And speaking about albums, we're going back to the music here. I need to give another shout out to our friends with Armor of God.
0: Oh, they were great.
1: Orlando, you guys are just Carla, Diana, all of you guys are just awesome. I am very thankful for you and the support that you've given to this ministry over here. Uh, it's just amazing You guys have been promoting the book I can't wait to see you guys We're going in November Dan. Okay. Yep. We're, we're going there. November 3rd We're going to come down We're going to be there We'll do some Get Real video And stuff like that Support you guys even more But really Where's
0: the, that concert going to be? Tampa? Uh, that is going Winter Park Okay, Winter Park Winter Park, Florida yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay. yep,
1: November 3rd That's coming up So we're, we're going to be there I'm planning on it It's going to be a great show We want to hang with you guys the love of Christ just comes through them every time you talk to them, every time you interact with them. It just it just amazes me.
0: You could sense the sweetness of the fellowship with the whole band over the phone and through us, you know. And it's been it's been a rough few years for me. I know. I mean, I've been going through it, and to be able to hear and talk with people that just express so much love and sweetness, and just they're like a tight knit family. It's they wonderful. are.
1: They are. And if you ever need roadies, Dan and I are more than welcome. Oh, yeah. Man, you know, when, I, I can... when you guys get big, and I know that's going to happen, we're, we'll be your roadies. <laughs> Another person that I'd like to give a big shout out to, and I, I do have to express thankfulness, and this is one of the nice things about being a podcast and not on regular radio with Arbitron ratings, is we can actually promote other people's podcasts. Yes.
0: All right, there's a podcast. And we're doing this because we want to be rich and famous. <laughs> and famous. I can't wait.
1: Yeah, I know. I can't. I've already pre-ordered the yacht, the real yeah. well, yacht. Go. I
0: mean, we we get to talk about Martin Luther's flatulence, and <laughs> we still, do. still have a podcast next week. You know, exactly. get, are they going to fire us? Exactly. So. Yeah, it's not going to happen. You know what's funny? Y'all don't see this because you're y'all. That's a rural colloquialism. Yep. We're in not Italian, yeah, it's not Italian. That's something you y'all. Um, <laughs> Glenn actually had a a full page. To, of his notes about Martin Luther with the word farts highlighted. That is so hilarious. That's what it says. It says
1: farts. And it's all of Martin Luther's quotes about farts. And that's just right. being real. That's Good. just being real. But let's talk about this other podcast. It's one that I listened to. I just caught on to it a few months ago. And this guy, uh, Stacy, with Revelation Resistance. You want to talk, and really listening to him and seeing what's going on in the metal community has brought is what brought me back to the new reformation that we talked about 17 18 years ago. Uh, Stacy, Revelation Resistance. This is the mission statement of Revelation Resistance. It's an alternative, I already like it. Alternative Christian outreach taking the revelation from God how God has changed and is changing your life through Jesus Christ into the world destroying earthly
0: mindsets. Wow.
1: That there is just awesome. Um, well that is
0: Reformation it, it the the gospel gets corrupted by earthly mindsets you know and it's putting that off
1: go ahead it it, it does and I've been in touch with Stacy quite a bit um, through Instagram and I have to thank him for what he's done for us uh, many of you that have been following us since we started probably noticed that our logo has changed
0: it, yeah and, great job.
1: isn't that logo awesome and there's yeah. a story behind that Stacy contacted me and said hey Glenn, I really like your podcast. I want to do your artwork for you, your logo. I was like, cool. You know, that's that's great. Yeah, I don't I didn't know what was stirring in him, but I know where he is with stands with the Lord. I know where he stands with the gospel. So I'm like, OK, this is going to be this is going to be good. So just last Monday, he sends me the proof of it to take a look at. it. He's like, hey, if there's anything that you want tweaked, let me know. So he sends me the artwork and I take a look at it and I about fell on the floor because those of you that have seen the cover of the book, Stones That Cry, we have the artwork that we have there. However, Stacy had never seen the original concept for the artwork that we had for the book, which was focused on a dove descending from heaven and a raven coming from the earth with both of them going to share an olive branch. And that's exactly what Stacy drew. He had no idea. There's only three people that had seen the concept for that book art. That was Sam who did the illustrations for the book, Deb, my wife, and Dawn, my sister. Hmm. And it just goes to show that what's going on is of God. And he, he, made, he said to me, he's like, hey, Glenn, you know, this is uh, this was of God. Uh, he inspired me to do this. And I truly believe that and really want to thank Stacy for his faithfulness to the Lord. Not just for what he's done for us, but what he's doing as well. He's touching
0: lives. see the artwork that I submitted that had a bucket of Kentucky fried raven wings. <laughs> I don't know why that didn't get the same attention and it wasn't all this, but I guess you know I'll stay out of it. You can go with his artwork if you want. yes, and for those of you no,
1: thanks i'm, I'm th- totally thank you, Stacy. and what this is is this is not just the Dan and Glenn thing of, okay, well, God's doing something big. This is something that God is using many different people, many different voices from many different backgrounds. Dan and I have a different voice when it comes to podcasting than other people do. And here's the neat thing is that if we all sounded the same, it, it wouldn't everything touches people in, in different lives. But I want to encourage our listeners to check out Revelation Resistance. It's, uh, here's their website. It's revelation resistance.com. And there's a particular podcast I want you to listen to because it ties in with everything that we're talking about here. It's called revelation, revolution, and revival, man. Isn't that the steps you have the revelation? It totally revolutionizes everything. And then guess what happens? Souls start getting saved. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. So Stacey, thank you for your faithfulness. Yeah, man, thank it looks you for what really you're doing. really good. S-91, thank you for what you're doing. Orlando, Armor of God. And man, we can't forget our friends from Kill Devil Theory as well. Uh, They got their new... I pre-ordered my album and t-shirt. I can't wait to sport my t-shirt and wear that on some of our social media. And thank you guys all for your faithfulness. And you know what, Dan? Because it's Rocktober. You know what we're going to
0: do tonight? I think we're going to go hit a show. We're going to go hit a show. Yes, we are. are.
1: Yep, we're hitting it. It's
0: been great. Thank you to everybody across the United States, Europe, and all over the place that's been listening to us. It's a privilege. We hope you're blessed. And we hope that those questions and wherever you're at. That God in His Majesty, by the Holy Spirit, begins to deal with you and move upon you.
1: Yes, and if you're interested in finding out more about us, uh, you can check out our blog website. We're eventually going to get a full website. We're not just there yet. Uh, we got full time jobs, and it takes time to do that. Yeah, I'm uh, quitting
0: my full time job.
1: Going to do that? Just do yeah. this all day. Listen to metal and, and, and read drink the Bible. Wittenberg
0: beer. And vit-
1: Wittenberg. Wittenberg. Witt- Wittenberg beer. Um, it's Lithos Cry. L I T H oscry.wordpress.com, and for those of you who are curious to who we're going to see tonight, many of you are going to be very envious. Is that we're taking a trip to go see Thrice live? So we will be posting pictures of that event, uh, Dan and I, uh, at the concert scene on our social media, and we'll eventually talk about that when we come back. But I hope everybody has an awesome Rocktober. I hope that you have revelation, that you are revolutionized, and man, we're hoping for revival. There we go. Until next time.